We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I saw him eating an English muffin and I was like, hmm, maybe I'll eat an English muffin with my breakfast. And now Ethan's eating an English muffin. So maybe the world's trying to tell me something here. And now, I had and one I'll this morning it. for breakfast. Did you? And well, so here's the thing. These are not just your average English muffins. So like Thomas English muffins are the ubiquitous ones, right? That you see all the time everywhere. Bayes is a company that makes English muffins and they do a sourdough English muffin. Mm. And they're fucking delicious. So yeah, I, I go with the Thomas whole grain though. I got to get that whole grain. Boo! <laughs> no, gotta gotta keep that cholesterol down. The cholesterol down. Um, but Thomas also makes. Oh man, they make a a French toast English muffin every fall. Oh shit, man, that's my jam. I'll buy like four packs of that. I mean, Thomas has got all the the good stuff. Oh yeah, it's all those nooks, those nooks and crannies actually there was a really interesting case a couple years ago about corporate espionage because one of the guys who was like a vp at thomas or the company the baking company that owns the recipe because they don't have bakeries all across the country they just own the recipe and but anyway he gave away the secret for the nooks and crannies he took it to the next job he was at and they i think thomas successfully sued him holy shit yeah and also in certain instances um like there's almost there's like an obligation for companies if you are in possession of trade secrets of your competitors to not capitalize on them. There's interesting rules out there about trade secrets versus actual patented or copyrighted or protected information. So wow. we learned about it a lot when I was an undergrad. I don't remember too much now, so I'm going to shut up. That's funny because you hear about the pizza wars, you know, but the English muffin wars. Yeah, that's different. You can picture kind of like posh british gentlemen you know drinking their tea and and just having like a civil discussion and that's the english muffin war whereas the, pe- the pizza war is like a bunch of loud italians saying italian swear words and all this i like thinking about the fried chicken wars mainly just because at, at least for a while um the kfc twitter account followed 11 people they followed all five spice girls and six guys named herb that's hilarious <laughs> I thought 11 herbs and spices I thought was just, oh, man, that was social media genius in this day and age. I don't know if they still do or not, but I thought it was fantastic. That's so good. That's a great troll. Yeah. So good. All right, let's do introductions since we're here. What are we all drinking? Oh, Uh, man. 
I've got I've got uh I've got matching outfits again tonight. So I got my Jackie O's Imperial Scouts hat with my Jackie O shirt. The viewer can't see that. Maybe they don't want it. Maybe they can. Just a little bit of man boob there too. Yes. And I've got uh my Jackie O's Imperial Stouts glass filled with some Jackie O's rack and ruin. Barrel age Imperial Stout with uh oh, what they throw in this stuff. Lactose, vanilla beans, almonds, cacao, and pecans. It's like a cookie in a glass. Now I have a question. So, Matt, you know that this podcast is a joint venture between the three of us. If you're getting paid by Jackie O's, I want my third of that money. <laughs> no, no, I'm not getting paid. I'm in their club. I'm in their uh, special. You're in their special club. Imperial okay. Scouts Club where I get fancy swag and access to special beer. Mm. Yeah, Matt, can we get the camera on the full hat shirt with the beer so I can get a pic of that? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Yes. So good. <laughs> I'll take I'll a to, screenshot later. Yeah, maybe we get another sponsorship out of this. I'll have to post it to their um to their the the Scouts group and the Jackie O's group. No, it's it's this interesting phenomenon. Um it's it's actually kind of increased and taken off with pandemic and with kind of more direct to consumer sales of beer, but there's a lot of breweries out there now that are um subscription only or have some sort of subscription service with them. Similar to what some wineries do. Um and the whole idea is, you know, I'll I'll pay them. 250 bucks at the beginning of the year, I'll get some, or, you know, that, that's just a, a number I threw out there, but I'll, you get, you get 12 beers throughout the year. You get a free piece of swag like this hat and you get access to uh, kind of pre-sales for the other beers they release. So it's a way for them to generate kind of extra revenue. Uh, and it's a way for beer nerds to get access to special beer. Uh, one of the, I don't, I'm not going to say they were the first, but one of the the big kind of pioneers in that, if you guys have ever, they're called the brewery out in Southern California um, started that they had a, like a multi-tiered system uh, like 10, 10 or 15 years ago where they would give you access to their really, really rare beers. Um, uh, I think it was like the hoarders society. I think it's what they called it, which was aptly named, but um, it's, it's kind of proliferated everywhere. It's pretty cool. Um, at one point I was in, I was in three clubs when I was in Cincinnati um, which was neat. I, that's too much beer though. I needed to back off, but <laughs> shout out to Jackie O's. Sweet. Love it. Ethan, Tom, what, are you, what are you drinking? I just want to say to Ethan before this, that I was listening to smart list today with Will Arnett, Jason Bateman and Sean oh, right. Hayes. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. You need to listen to it. But anyways, Will eats on the show all of the time. So you <laughs> are the Will Arnett. Me and Will Arnett, baby. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, if I had a soundboard, I would totally cue uh, the final countdown <laughs> for all you like Arrested Development fans yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I, I need to – I don't want to do it here, but now I need to, like, practice a Will Arnett impression because so I love so many things he's in. Arrested Development, obviously. He plays an amazing recurring character on 30 Rock. That's um, incredible. And then, of course, Bojack Horseman. He's Bojack. Yeah. And he's just so fucking good. But, you know, he has got he's got that, like, deep, gravelly voice that's, like – uh, just hilarious. Don't forget the other thing he stars in, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup commercials. That's right. And yeah. Reese, Man. I fucking love Reese's. Yeah, that voice makes me want to Reese's every time I hear it. We're not yeah. sponsored by Reese's, everyone, but I really want it to be. That would be amazing. <laughs> Reese's, if you're listening. Jackio's, Reese's. Let's just start listing all the people we want to sponsor us. You know, That can be this whole podcast. I mean, I, I, I live like 25 minutes away from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Maybe not that close, but, you know. Yeah. Send me the chocolate. Show me the money. But see, the Hershey regular chocolate though is like not that good. It's well, now we just lost the sponsorship, Ethan. Yeah. 
Well, you Reese's, can't say Reese's that. is a separate entity. Reese's is the best. Reese's is but owned by old, Hershey, though. Yeah, I know, but plain old Hershey's chocolate bars are very underwhelming. Dark chocolate Hershey's bars with some almonds in them, very good. Maybe that should be my new segment is uh, <laughs> chocolate reviews. <laughs> well, Just hey, buy the I'll, chocolates and eat them. <laughs> I'll send you, I'll send you uh, Yingling. Um, Fuck Yingling. Oh, oh, yeah, whoa, right. you don't like whoa, them. Whoa. No, you just, don't, he you doesn't like lost, them for you just political views. Like yeah, no. yeah now Pennsylvania just left. Yeah, like, that's sorry, fine. Pennsylvania. Seriously. I don't give a shit. Buy Pennsylvania. Um, oh, my God. Well, anyway, they made a beer with Hershey syrup in it. it tastes like Tootsie Rolls. It was, it was okay. But, Tootsie Rolls are even worse than the regular chocolate well, bars. Well, yeah, but it was like beer flavored. My girlfriend loves Tootsie Rolls, though, so I guess I should maybe be a little bit nice to them. But I think they're like little turds, basically. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're not as They're not that bad. I mean, they're, they're little turds. <laughs> Something uh, went terribly wrong at the Tootsie Roll factory, and that's that's what that's what happened. Yeah. Colin, what are you drinking? Passion Play. Birdsong Brewery, Charlotte, North Carolina. This was the first brewery that I tasted when we came down and visited it in 2015. So I had, I, it, was, really it, wasn't well. the, it wasn't the first beer uh, that I had. The first beer was... Uh, Jalapeno, uh, something. Oh, that, 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 that that's Toddy's favorite, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. For everyone um, listening, Toddy is Colin's wife. For those who don't know, Jalapeno is how Colin says jalapeno. Yeah, and, and Toddy is his wife. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, man, no, the North Carolina, you got a rep in North Carolina. That's good. Yeah. Really. I had like my, my third friend in the past two months, like tell me just the other day that they're moving to North Carolina. Um, yeah, Lots it's of, the place to be. They're going to the research youngins. triangle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Research Triangle's big. Obviously, Charlotte's big. Yeah. No one's going to Asheville, though. Give me a reason to visit Asheville. Like, well, visit Asheville's nice. Yeah, I but mean, like visit someone who lives there, you know? Well, right. Yeah. It's a small town. So there's not many jobs there. Although, I guess if you're working remotely, which you a lot of college. jobs are, isn't listed. it a college you can, town? You can get a there job at a, a brewery. There. There's like a million breweries there. In yeah. Asheville, but really? if it, yeah, oh, yeah, Asheville's a huge brewery town. Dude, Sierra Nevada's like a got a brewery there. Oscar Blues has got a brewery there. New Belgium's got a brewery there. Sierra Nevada brewery there is huge. For yeah. being like a smaller city. Yeah. yeah. To have that many and, and to stay in business. That's yeah, it's super surprising. cool. Bunch of breweries, bunch of hiking areas. That it's it's a great area to visit. It just, well, there's also a really good, amazing tradition of folk music in Asheville. Yeah, say good good local yep. music scene. I saw Trampled by Turtles last time I was in Asheville. Rub it in your mm-hmm. face, Ethan. ha, 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 ha. But. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've seen them lots of times in amazing places. Yeah, so that's you've fine. seen in, in Red Rocks. I uh, uh, I have to see them there just so I can be trying. We can you know. go, dude. Next summer, if you want to go, they've been going like every summer for years now. Obviously, COVID interrupted it. If you want to go in college, yeah. obviously, if you want to, let's fucking do it. Like, let's do that, or or the Ava brother. I mean, I I can't tell you how like how excited I am for that concert in a couple weeks. Oh yeah, that's gonna be sweet. Post game, like so we get. We paid thirty bucks a ticket. We get a Yankees Orioles game, and then we get an Avid Brothers concert afterwards. Like that's a pretty damn like, good. Deal. Holy shit! Like, yeah. and oh, by the way, I'm getting a hotel downtown. So like, oh okay, sweet. Yeah, all we're right. Have so some we fun. so we can like yeah we can chill and not worry yeah. about driving afterwards. We were responsible last time and paced ourselves. So yes. this time we can be irresponsible. <laughs> we can get fucking wasted. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can drink a, Ethan under the table. Oh my god! I'm I mean, wait. yeah. I'd, I don't need to prove that, but I, no, I feel like. Drunk Matt always does. So. Drunk Matt always does. This <laughs> is true. Maybe we should do a, a remote podcast, like a phone podcast, while we're like at the game. And me and Matt getting wasted, and Colin can just be like, 
These guys are so fucking Yeah, you could just yes. make fun of us the entire time. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll drink with you. I, yeah. I love it. Yeah, but you can make fun of us. Give the viewers a treat, the listeners a treat. I, I mean, honestly, if I got like, you know, you guys know how I get when I get like a certain type of buzz going where I just won't shut the fuck up and like I could be the entire podcast. I'm not saying everybody would listen to the end of it. They'd probably get really <laughs> sick of me after like the third straight political rant. But, you know, I'm just saying I, I do get a lot of energy sometimes depending on the buzz. Yeah, this the really good story. So Matt and Ethan both have really great stories in my lifetime when it comes to alcohol. Matt, you can decide if you want to tell these stories to the public, but Ethan's story, like a really great analogy into what he was just talking about was at my bachelor party at a club at Penn State with a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds, Ethan was caught sleeping by one of the bouncers and let, let me finish and was threatened to be thrown out if they caught him again sleeping. Not even 10 minutes later, he was on the floor yelling that ass, ass, ass song (laughs) (laughs) and getting videos and sending them to Toddy. It just like went from zero to 60 in 3.5, just like Rihanna saying. Yeah, that guy woke me up and all of a sudden I found my second wind. Now, what year was it? And you took the bottle of JMO. That's right. I took the bottle of JMO. So wait, was I, did I have jet lag this time? When was this? What year? Was this in 2015? 2017. Damn it. I don't know what my excuse... Oh, I know what my excuse is. I couldn't sleep the night before because you and all your asshole buddies were fucking loud all night. That's why. So I was uh, exhausted the next night. Uh, but yes, I found my second yeah. wind. And okay, but like, so so Colin said I took the JMO. Let me tell the listeners about this because this I never knew this. So it was Colin's bachelor party, right? So we decided like we're going to go all out. And so we got bottle service at this at this club, right? One bottle of Jameson. Blue Indigo. R.I.P. Blue Indigo. One bottle, I remember seeing the receipt, and I can't remember the exact number. I want, Danny maybe would remember, or Sherlock or something, but one, <clears throat> one bottle of JMO was like 100 bucks for bottle service, okay? In the store, you can get JMO for what, 20 bucks, 30 bucks? 30 probably. Yeah, bottle service, it was like 100. Now, when, when it was the end of the night, we still had like half of that bottle left. And so I can't remember, but a couple of the guys were like, dude, like hide it in your fleece and, and, and take it. And yeah, I was like kind of nervous. Chilly, so he had I a jacket. I do get chilly, so I had my fleece. I always get chilly. It was September. Was. And, yes, thank you very much. And uh, but so I was nervous about this, but I did. I kind of I kind of tucked it in my fleece and we were totally fine. And we yeah, that wasn't that, that wasn't bottle. defending of Ethan. I was saying it was September as in it was still not the fall yet. Oh, you weren't defending me. Um, whatever. I get fucking chilly. So He's, he says to me, like, as he puts the bottle, he's like, "You think you're gonna check me?" And I was like, "They don't check people on the way out. They just check people on the way in. You're good. We just walk right out." Yeah, and we were. Yeah, we were fine. So, uh, yeah, that was a fun night. I forgot about that. The ass ass song. That song is hilarious. I'll, I'll save my stories. We will tell those stories in the podcast because yes. they are some. They are some pretty good ones. Um, yes. Most of them involving patios, but um, <laughs> right. we'll say those. We'll, we'll tease. We'll tease the future. Yeah. Uh, Matt has a patio fetish. That's our fetish. Game. Fetish is extreme <laughs> our, now. You know, just uh, a, uh, a a admiration for good stonework and um, good outdoor spaces and good gardens. You're you know? just sophisticated. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Got it. Exactly. You drink fancy beer and you appreciate fancy patios i'd like to think that although uh that'll be the name of the segment when you tell the story is fancy beers and fancy patios okay okay so well well then the alliteration uh, of it if we're talking about fancy patios shout out to the uh the landry's uh i got to see their new patios last weekend very very nice uh well done we should have them on the pod well we should we should have 
Well, I mean, but but Jay's a Red Sox fan, like, you know. and a Bills fan. Mm. I mean, Bills are okay. That's Bills. all right. We can just we can just make fun of him about that. I mean, you know, that's all right. You know, Although, they are you know the what? dominant New York football team right now. Well, not, we they're not fighting at football practice right now. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I actually don't know enough about that story, so maybe we should talk about that. But really quickly, in terms of Jay being a Red Sox fan, the sad thing. We wouldn't have a leg to stand on giving him shit. No, 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 no. They have four titles in the 21st century, and we have... Well, I don't know. Colin, do you like to count 2,000? Uh, Was it the new millennium? Well, but see, but this is the weird thing. Did we talk about this? Yes, Bill Simmons doesn't count it, but I do. Okay, so two. So four to two. So the Red Sox still got us beat easily, so... We don't. We um, we got to make a comeback on that. Anyways, the, the so the Giants had like a fight. The New York Football Giants. Now we're moving to football. Had a fight at practice. Is this is this what happened? Yeah, uh, somebody broke a run. Backup running back Saquon's not really practicing. He's just resting until week one, and got into the secondary. Like broke a tackle. I think it was Peppers uh, that he broke a tackle from, and then um, I don't know. Peppers some lighthearted shoving. Yeah, yeah, there was there was some shoving, and then uh, another shove came from someone else, and somehow DJ Daniel Jones ended up at the bottom of this horrific brawl going on, and apparently Joe Judge, the head coach of the Giants, got so mad and uh, made them run laps and you know do all all this type of stuff as as a result of it. But it, when, it, when it was happening on Twitter, it was blowing up like crazy. Like the beat writers were horrified with what was going on they had never seen anything like it before and judge was losing his shit but i don't i don't know if it was really that big a deal but i mean judge definitely got pretty hot about it daniel jones isn't good enough to have an abbreviated nickname yet you can't just say dj and assume people know what it means that's why i threw in the the name after that also also i gotta give you a little ribbing like why why does uh saquon generational talent Barkley have to sit out for all of preseason. Like he's just resting, resting. resting but his, he should. He needs to get those reps in. He, he's he's, he's barely played for like the past season. three years, right? Like why does he need oh, more rest? God. First like, off, you won Rookie of the Year two years ago. So, huh. so yeah, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. So and Duhar almost won Rookie of the Year in the MLB, and it didn't mean shit. Yeah, I know because oh. it's it's dumb the way that mo- baseball writers vote on everything. We know but he this. did have he had a really uh, offensively, defensively he was horrible. Offensively he had a historically yeah. great rookie well, year. Don't 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 get away from Saquon though, because I, I would expect the generational talent to be on the field more <laughs> and you know contribute more. Man, and I call him really... Sasquatch, so I'm kind of disappointed. He's not living up to my nickname for him. Well, no, no, he is because you don't see Sasquatch because he's oh. elusive. And, he, you know, he doesn't exist. Wow. And That's apparently true, you don't actually, see Saquon shit. Barkley on the field. Yeah, damn it. Uh, yeah. yeah, come on. Come on, Ethan. You, I just, I was thinking you set, of the You more, put that on a platter. And I, know, and I, I, really I, mean, I love did. giving Colin shit about it. I want him to do well. I think he's a great running back. It, it stinks to see him not on the field. It would be good but, for football, right? I mean, yeah. if he oh, was yeah. really good, it would be good for football. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so I hope he does. I mean, play. I really I hope think he does he, get a good season. You know. I, I do think he's going to have a good season. I mean, I unless he gets hurt again, if his body's breaking down or whatever. But... It would, it would be awesome for him to do well and for the Giants to actually win some games for once. I mean, it's yeah. only been what like twelve years since they had a winning record. They had that one year where they played the Packers and played like shit in the playoffs. But has it really been twelve years? No, they that oh, that one year that that random it's year been two thousand for quite a while. I think yeah, two thousand seventeen or whatever when Rogers threw the hail mary at halftime. 
one of one of the many years where he did not win the Super Bowl. If we want to yeah, really start talking yeah. shit, I know, I know, I know. I, I I'm feeling a little high because he's back on the team now, and at least we I've got one more year of competent quarterback play. Could be more. I hope so. I mean, as an owner, I need to make out. it so. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you should just you should drive to his house and like do his laundry for him and drive dude. Him no, to you him. see, he he one of his linemen gave him a. a Golf cart tricked out to look like an Aston Martin, so he's been driving that around Green Bay. Oh, that's hilarious. like fuck yeah! I'll do whatever you want, Aaron Rodgers. I'll go up there. I'll I'll take a week off of work. I'll clean your house. I'll I'll polish up all the rims on that golf cart. Oh, just God. stay, please. Just stay. I just I just don't know how the Packers do it. They have like two of the most difficult people in the world to work with as generational quarterbacks. They win two titles between the two of them, and. You know, like, well, who no, but here's what happens. I, I've got what four NFC Championship heartbreaks where it's like I'm just sick of seeing them lose in the NFC Championship game where they're like, "Yeah, we're we're 15 and one this year. Oh, we're gonna take a dump in the playoffs." Like, oh, hey, we've got like our quarterbacks playing the best he's ever played. We're gonna play, take a dump in the playoffs. Like, oh, we're gonna lose to the Giants or you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna botch an onside kick against the Seahawks and let them come back from 20 plus points down. Like. Man, like, oh, that oh, second time the Giants beat them with Eli, that was the better team, right? The one with Rodgers. Uh, yeah, the first time was Favre and Jason Tyner. Yeah, and that damn field goal. Well, it was field goal both times. I think that. Yeah, yeah, but it was a, the Tyner was right after the interception. Oh, right, right, yeah. But, but far, it, it, but Brett Favre, Favre, like, I mean, Brett Favre in interception, like, come on, that's like, <laughs> it's like Matt Rutherford. Like, quarters yeah. had the interception. I remember. Uh, but yeah, no, it, I get my, my heartbroken. I'm spoiled. I mean, it's like, you know, being a Yankees fan, I'm a Packers fan. We yeah. hardly had any years where we're not in contention. So, mm-hmm. um, I will say though, it, it's mm-hmm. just pure coincidence. I liked the green team. That was all it was, but, um, Oh, is that all it was? I couldn't actually remember what the origin of your fandom. Was. Oh yeah. We played, my brother and I played tech mobile at the babysitters all the time. And he was the Denver Broncos <laughs> cause he liked John Elway. And I was green Bay cause I liked the green team. That's hilarious. Like that was it. I mean, I could have think about it. I could have been stuck with the jets. I could have <laughs> been stuck with the dolphins. I could have been stuck with the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, I could pick green Bay cause green's in the name and yeah. cheap. I love how kids like choose choose their team sometimes like that. Like when they don't get it, like most of the time we inherit it from our parents, right? But every once in a while, you you don't. You just choose one, and usually it's like something like that. I love that. Well, yeah, and my my dad's a Giants fan. My mom was a Browns fan because she liked Bernie Kosar. So like Bernie, um, no 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 real strong. I mean, the mid the early nineties Giants were hmm, like the Jim Fossil era was good, but not great. Didn't right. he die recently, Jim? Yeah, Bob? he just died. Yeah. Yeah. Relatively yeah. young. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think he was that old. Yeah. yeah. Low low seventies, I think. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. So well, uh what what do we got on the docket? Well, here, I'll give you some good news to cheer you up from that Jim Fossil news. Yeah. First five star review came hey. in. Hey. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. And I'm telling everybody look out, Joe leave, Rogan. If you leave of review you can leave a rating that's great too but if you leave a review i will read it on the show like i'm about to for graham 1121 right now i don't know that that person is but uh the the review said gets better by the week literally that's the review (laughs) oh oh, oh, man that's just like that's 
the expectations there like oh shoot better by the week literally um i don't know if is that is that a true compliment it seems a little backhanded it's like it was garbage in week one and now it's only like kind of bad yeah i'm just i'm just noticing the title of the review says progress but it's five stars so progress wait so who wait does anybody do any of us know graham i I don't know any grams oh i I tried to think about it when i saw it but this has to be somebody we know there's no way that there's a stranger listening to this podcast well, we Graham. have, what'd you say, no. six and a half listeners? So Six and a half listeners. Thank you, Graham, for five stars. Even if it's a little backhanded, we appreciate it. That's yeah, awesome. Speak, speaking of six I'll and a half it. listeners, uh, shout out to, uh, I'll just I'll just say, uh, the the Muller McCormicks in Ohio. Thank you for, thank you for the shout out. Uh, if you guys have any segment suggestions, let me know. I'll be happy to keep you guys engaged. We're still working on the podcast here, but... They had a nice little shout out that they said they like to listen to podcasts on sleep as they go to bed every night. And they were listening to me talk about uh, baseball and beer with you guys. So um, thank you, guys. Um, was that another backhanded? I was going to say, exactly. That's another backhanded. No, one. no, 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 no. It was just here. You, I mean, you like, guys are so boring. It's easy to fall no, asleep. No, 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 no. They listen to Five they, stars. they try and do pod- podcasts every night as they go to bed. I, I you, like it. You guys need to meet them. It's like, like yeah. I'm, I'm just two of the nicest yeah. people I've ever met. Yeah, I'm and, just messing with them. Like, I'm not like, messing. I think. And, uh, I think. And, all of and I'll say, I'll say, Mr. Is... Moeller, like, I mean, he's he's like maybe like, he's maybe cry with his compliments on like multiple occasions. He's so nice and heartfelt. Hell, I've oh, even got like. Well, tell like, him he, to fucking write us a. Review. He, he made me this. I got a coaster from him in the shape of Ohio, sitting right on my desk. That's awesome. With a handwritten heartfelt note. Like, how do you get right. better than that? Like, That's I think nice. I'm a nice guy. I try and be a nice guy. Psh, nothing compared to this guy. Yeah, so. you're not that nice. That's very nice. That coach. Well, I mean, you guys don't think I'm nice, but everyone else does. Patty <laughs> thinks I'm nice. Yes, yeah. Does. Ugh. yeah, she goes on and on about you. I think Colin's dad does too, right? Does, doesn't yep. your dad go on about Yeah, me? Matt Root. He's so great. Yeah, yeah blah, uh-huh. blah, blah, blah. Yep. Yep. The valid dick. Don't hate the play. I hate the game. <laughs> <laughs> So we got our first five-star review, which is wonderful. Awesome news. Yep. What else have we got? Uh, so I got a, a segment request from Cousin Greg, who wanted to ask us what our opinion is on shifts in baseball. And the reason this came up is because he was testi- texting me and my brothers just last night. Uh, going into last night, Harper and Flatty were the only ones in baseball with like a 300, 400, 500 slash line. Uh, and... Har- I think, Harper? Yeah. I think Bryce Harper has since, yep, Bryce Harper has since dropped down under 300. Say, and one of the, here. yeah, well, you know, it's Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> one of the, we're definitely losing Pennsylvania today. Yeah. So we were, Sorry, everyone really in Pennsylvania are. may be listening. <laughs> I love you. Penn State, number one recruiting class in the nation right now. Oh, there right. You oh, got, oh, him oh, got him oh. back. Got him back. Just had to get that. You got him there. back. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Harper hit a screaming line drive, I guess, into the shift that brought his average under 300. And Greg was all mad about it, saying the shift's terrible, blah, 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 and everything. And so I was talking to him about it. And I think I might have told you guys, and if I didn't, I guess this would be good. That's the first time you're hearing it. But to me, so the shift, and, and I know that there's been rules at the minor league levels to try and address this problem. And again, I will preface all this by saying it does not address what we all agree is the largest single issue in Major League Baseball, which is pace of play. Yep. Because it doesn't matter if there's a shift if the ball is not being put in play. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. if we're going we're gonna to talk about something specific today to 
satisfy cousin Greg, we're talking about the shift. And to me, the shift is like what happened in basketball. You know, when people got really tall, they start hanging around the basket. And then in basketball, they put in this rule that you, every three seconds, you got to get out of the lane. Otherwise that's a lane violation. You can't just stand and stuff up the lane. And like, I am sure if there was Twitter around back then, people would have been like, well, you should just get better at hitting threes. And it's like, yeah, okay. That makes us a little bit of sense, but at some point it doesn't become it like basketball isn't basketball anymore. If you can't go down low and if you can't utilize the entire court. And that to me is what's happening in baseball with the shift where people are like, well, just hit it the opposite way or, you know, hit a home run. Like people have been trying to do. And it's like, a, it's not that easy. And B at some point, it makes it so that baseball is no longer baseball when you hit the ball really hard and there's just you know nothing you can do about it. Like it's already hard enough to get a hit. Yeah. I know, I know, man, it's like, it's already hard enough to get a hit, but I can see why making two players on the left side of second base, two players on the right side of second base, having them play on the dirt or within like five feet of the dirt and no, no further back makes sense because then it just levels the ability for the offense to, to bring those exciting elements back into the game, which is a portion of what baseball is trying to do to bring younger viewers to the sport. So if we want more singles, we want more doubles, we want people trying to hit for contact, then we need to modify these extreme shifts. That That's at least the way I see it, because baseball is no longer baseball when you've got three people and a fourth really close to second base, just waiting for that inevitable ground ball that's coming. Ethan, are you going first or am I going first? You can go ahead. You can go. Uh, so I'm going to disagree because I don't think people are hitting for contact anymore. People are hitting for three true outcomes. They're, they're either right. hitting for a home but baseball, run. But my point is baseball doesn't want that anymore. But but it's not in the rules. that There is no specified, not yet. this person must be here, this person must be there. Not so yet. defensive strategy says a manager can – I mean, if a manager wants to put all eight players in the infield, he can do that. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm so, just saying that is coming just like the automated strike zone. I guarantee you there's some type of rule coming that is going to force fielders to be on both sides of the bag. I think I, I but, but I'm, I'm thinking people like John Carlos Stanton isn't trying for singles. He's yeah, trying there's for home always runs. sluggers Everybody, in the game. I'm saying to me, everyone's trying to hit home runs. Chicks take the long ball. Everyone's trying to hit home runs right now. Um, we don't have people trying to hit singles. So doesn't matter where you set up the field. They're going to try and hit, pull the ball and hit it as hard as they can every time. There's been plenty of times where people can just slap the ball or put the barrel on the ball, hit it the other way and get a single and get on base. They don't want that though. You've got, I think you've got analytics departments telling teams, telling players, excuse me, go up there and swing for the fences. Right. Cause we would rather have you strike out 10 times and hit a home run. It's than then get maybe three singles and a double, you know, so I don't know. I, I I mean, I would love to see more action in the game. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see singles and doubles and, and, and more strategic baseball. And I think you're seeing a little bit of a comeback of that this year. But um, I don't know what I'd be curious to look at. And I'm going to merge this. Con, I'm going to hijack your little mailbag and merge it in with a sabermetrics for dummy session. Because I'd really be interested to see what since this since the inception of the shifts, what the change in BABIP is, and now BABIP is, for everyone out there, is batting average on balls in play. And all that means is it's looking at, it's, it's eliminating strikeouts, 
and all it's looking at is when when the hitter actually makes contact with the ball, what is his batting average? Um, and I know a lot of people use that as a measure to you know determine how lucky a batter is, meaning that if someone's got a very, very high batting average on balls in play, it means um, either he's hitting it with you know outside of shifts or he's hitting it where the fielders aren't, but or he's getting very lucky and he's hitting it just, you know, he's getting, you know, maybe it goes under a fielder's glove or maybe it just goes over, you know, someone dri- diving for the ball. But I'd be curious to see in the, in the past 10 years, when, you know, since shifts have become really popular, has there been a giant drastic shift in batting average on balls in play? Again, the whole idea is let's, let's eliminate strikeouts because if you strike out a lot, it's going to, it's going to really, really depress your, your batting average. Let's just see. For every time that you put the ball in play, how how often is it actually successfully a hit versus how often are you, you know, grounding out to a shortstop or hitting a line drive right at someone or hitting a can of corn pop up to someone in the outfield? Um, again, you know, the, the idea is you want to you, you want to eliminate every non-contact um, outcome and just focus on the fact that when contact is made, does the person actually reach base or not? Um and I'd be interested to see if that changes. So um, I'll, I'll shut up now. You guys got any thoughts? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I'll go. So um, <clears throat> just about the, sh- I'll, I'll talk about the original question, the shift in general. And this is interesting because I actually feel like I'm kind of in the middle of this and I feel like I'm never in the middle on anything. I'm usually on the extreme end of the spectrum um, on any, on any concept or any idea. But in this, um, I guess I can kind of see the validity in, in both sides. Um, I think that it totally makes sense because the rules don't stipulate anything about how you deploy your infield. And so in today's day and age, if when you have these hitters who are like 80, 90% of the time pulling it, absolutely, you should fucking do the shift. I mean, it just makes sense. Um, but to Colin's point, and I do think he's right that this is inevitable, um, it is kind of 
lame. It's kind of shitty for baseball. Like you will see these like big powerful hitters will they'll fucking rip one into sh- into the shallow outfield, right? If it's a righty, they're hitting it into shallow left field, a liner, like it, sh- it would be a classic single or whatever, but instead the shortstop's right there. And it's like, oh, that was just a regular old ground out. And that is sort of as a viewer, that's like kind of shitty. Now, granted, I do think that this is part of baseball. I, I can't remember which of you were saying earlier, but like the idea of hitting the ball really well and hitting it right at a fielder, that is part of baseball. That always has been, right? Sometimes you're going to fucking nail it. It's going to be right at the center fielder and that's that, right? So that's part of the that's part of the deal and that's okay. But I think the shift just amps it up so that it's just happening even more. And again, on the defensive perspective, totally smart. That's what they should do. But I think that Colin is right in terms of it. It is kind of a, it's maybe not a huge part, but it is a part of, of something of a solution to kind of make gameplay more interesting. So you make that rule where there's only two on each, only two guys on each side of second base. And you just, you have those, those balls start to be hits again. Um, it's not going to, it's not going to save everything, right? It's, it's, it's just a small piece of it. Um, but I think, I think that that would be better for the game overall. So I think, yeah, I think they probably have to, um, make that rule in Colin. I think that that NBA analogy is, is really good. I think that's appropriate. And I, I mean, I get your point, Matt, like, yeah, there's no rule against it right now. Just like there was no rule in basketball to stand in the lane forever, but that rule is coming. And no rule against steroids in the late nineties and early two thousands while we're at it. Except it was against the law. Was it? Was it officially? Was it like a federal law? What did it say? And it was illegal prescriptions. Yeah. But maybe they were getting them legally. Yeah. Jose Canseco pretty, knows I'm people. Sure, I'm pretty sure those guys who got like human growth hormone, like, because I don't think human growth hormone is not the same as like the straight up anabolic steroids, is it? I don't know. We no. should do. We can do a steroid talk another. Yeah, time. we'll 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 we do a bit more dive before we, before we dig into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a Luis Gonzalez died for you, Callan. Brady Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Or how about Brett Boone? That's another one. Yeah. I mean, he didn't hit as many homers. He didn't hit 50 homers, but he randomly, he was But he was a second baseman. Yeah. He was mediocre offensively his entire career. And then in like 2001, he hit like 330 with 37 homers and like 140 RBIs. <laughs> like, it's fucking ridiculous. Anyways. I'll, I'll only do a steroids episode, though, if we dedicate like 75% of it to A-Rod. 70, no, that's not fair. <laughs> I'm just trying to make Colin pissed off. It's oh, okay. I'm Dude, pissed off too. I hate today, how A-Rod gets more hate about this. It's stupid. Colin, go ahead. Today is a big day for A-Rod. Today is the anniversary of number 500 and number 600. That is cool. August 4th, big day in yeah. baseball history. They probably, wouldn't be the, uh, they probably wouldn't be on the same day on the same anniversary if he uh, didn't take those steroids. Though, okay, so. let me. I'm going to say one thing just to whet people's appetites and to shut Matt up. Well, actually, I don't know if it'll shut Matt up, but I was looking at this recently. I would like everyone to consider this. So for those who don't know a ton about baseball, home runs obviously are really important. Everybody loves them. And as Matt said, chicks dig the long ball. Now, consider the fact that baseball has been around for a really, really long time. Home runs didn't really start getting hit a lot until Babe Ruth started it in the 1920s. Okay, so just take that. Say the last hundred years. If you need the Babe Ruth lesson, go back to episode one. Yes, right. But take the last 100 years as an example. Now, prior to 1998, 60 home runs had happened for a player, had happened for a player literally twice in history. Okay, Babe Ruth hit 60 in 1927, and Roger Maris hit 61 
1961. And Roger Maris actually had eight more games to get his his 61st, which we don't. That's not really part of this, but just just as a as a and little. Uh, piece we of can be clear too that people got close. Ruth hit 59 in 21. Yeah. Uh-huh. Greenberg hit 57 one year. Yeah, Griffey might have hit 56, 57. Right. People did get close. People hit in the 50s a few times. That happened a few times. But 60, literally twice from 19-whatever, the whole entire history of baseball until 1998. 60 home runs only happened twice. All of a sudden, 1998 rolls around. Mark McGuire, who is 34 years old in 1998, well past his prime. Such an old fuck. I'm 32, yo. Dude, I know, and I'm 31, and I hate it. I hate when I talk about this stuff because it feels horrible, but this is just the way sports work, right? We know that. We know in baseball the decline, and in any sport, but certainly in baseball it's very observable. The decline starts when you're in your 30s, and oftentimes it's fucking severe. Not always, but a lot of times it is. So Mark McGuire's 34 years old. Not only does he hit 60, he hits fucking 70 home runs. In all of baseball history, 60 and 61 happened once each and then all of a sudden, Maguire hits 70, and Sammy Sosa hits 66 in the same year. Now, bear with me, because that's not the end of it. Mark Maguire, the next season, when he's 35, hits 65 home runs. Sammy Sosa hits 60 home runs in three out of four seasons from 1998, 99, 2000, 2001. Okay, remember, before 1998, 60 home runs happened twice in history. Sammy Sosa then did it three times himself in four years. Now, my, my point, and then Barry Bonds, of course, 73 in 2001. And Barry Bonds at that point was like 36 or something. My point here, and, and Colin and Matt and I are all like, we get annoyed at the people who are all holier than thou about steroids, or at least me and Colin do. I don't know where Matt's at right now. Um, and, and I'm generally with that, like, use modern science, take whatever the fuck you want. However, this is, it is kind of fucked. Like, when you look at it like that and you realize that in all of baseball history, it happened twice. And then all of a sudden, there's a four-year span where people are just hitting 60 and 70 home runs left and right while they're older, while they're way past their prime. There is something that's like kind of, kind of like gross about that. Um, and, and of course we can, we can dig into this more when we decide to do like a, a, a steroids deep dive. Um, but I just wanted to like throw that out there since it came up, like that is kind of fucked up that like all of a sudden people way past their prime are just doing that. Um, there is a reason that baseball fans get frustrated about that. And I understand that. So, Anyways, I wasn't even planning on ranting about that today. It just happened. It just happened organically. We're just letting you go. I know. That's good. Floor. It's good. Yeah. So anyways, I'm done, though. I'm done now. We can talk about it more another time. But uh, I, I just was revisiting that the other day, and I was just, like, blown away by that. And also, sorry, one more. Barry Bonds, <laughs> it wasn't just 2001 when he hit 73 homers. His last four years of his career, he was in his late 30s. And it's, like, the best four-year stretch of a career in history. Um, those which, were his again, last four years. Those I don't were his think last, they were the f- or maybe not his last four, yeah, close to his last were. four. Yeah, the very last. You're talking year, to 01 to 04, right? Yeah, so not. I think the very he played last. till 07. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. So four of his last years, he was in his late 30s at this point. Yeah, yeah. and literally like the best four year stretch in baseball history. Um, and it just doesn't make sense. It's just it's it's you know it it that's not how like the human body works. Um, and so it's, it's interesting. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's incredible what he did. Like, go look at his numbers. Those of you who don't know, I mean, he kind of broke baseball. It's literally (laughs) like, if you're like a really good video game player and you put the game on like easy mode, that's the type of numbers you would get. And that's what Mm -hmm. bonds did like in real life. It is, it is pretty insane. Um, but anyway, sorry, I used up way too much time talking about that. What else do we got to talk about? (laughs) We actually have another mailbag. 
This comes from Sweet. the baseball and whatever pod, our friends on social media on Twitter. Oh, who nice. Wrote in today and wanted to talk about the trade deadline reactions. They are specifically very close to Chicago, so the White Sox and the Cubs. We obviously could talk a lot about the Cubs being Yankee fans and getting Rizzo and the Cubs, I mean, dismantled that yeah. whole core of the 2016 World Series team that was supposed to be the next dynasty in baseball, and they fizzled out pretty quickly over there. But <clears throat> I don't know where you guys want to start with trade reactions overall. Oh, man, I'm, I'm trying to look up the actual um, uh, the the Rizzo trade. It was a cool trade what? deadline. For those who don't know, this was a good yeah. trade deadline. A lot of big names got traded. This was cool. This was exciting. Yeah. And, and interesting because from a Yankees perspective – um, it was excellent, Brian. Yeah, you know they say, oh, well, the Yankees we didn't, really, we didn't really give up anyone. You know, hey, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't yeah. lose any any one of our big no top prospects. prospects. Yeah, um, but I believe I want to say Alcantara, but I can't remember if it's one. Like he's one who who supposedly is pretty good. Yeah, Alcantara. He, he, he apparently he, has good stuff. He suddenly became the number two prospect in the, in, in Chicago system. Oh wow! So their so their system was garbage. So that, so yeah. So I mean, in, in terms of in in terms of rebuilding a depleted system, like you know the way it was pitched to Yankees fans by Yankees media is okay. Yeah, great. We we upgraded and we didn't really have to lose anyone. Um, but but reading, you know, reading some some feedback from kind of beat writers from the Cubs, it was the the Cubs fleeced the Yankees. Like we oh, got we got ridiculous. some great some great tra- but it was interesting to read. I was trying to, I was kind of trying to track that. Really? Okay. All right. Tell me, tell um, me why. Tell me why you think again. You know, in their opinion, they they got two upper level prospects out of this for someone that they didn't think they would resign. Um, and you know, so they're they're all they're all excited that they've they've re- restocked for the next run, uh, and that in two to three years they'll have come on a substantially you know uh, a little uh, overly are, optimistic exactly this yeah, guy exactly. was like our number seven prospect and now he's their number two like that speaks more to the to the poor quality of their farm system than us having given up somebody amazing well and remember there's also um you know th- there's there's inherent risk with prospects anyway you don't mm-hmm. know how they're going to develop just look at davy Garcia this year taking a huge regression of course. or uh garrett whitlock on the red sox or Rule five who- draft picks for the red sox who looks like a you know, a badass major, a seasoned major league reliever. At least every time he plays the Yankees, he blows them away. They can't touch him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was a Rule Five pick, um, which again, for those who don't know, he essentially was in the minors long enough in the Yankees system that they had not added them to their forty-man roster. And at that point, I think it's what five years or seven years, Colin and Ethan, um, that if you're not added to the forty-man roster, you're still in the minors. Any other team in the major leagues can take him off your roster as long as they commit to putting them on the major league roster for a full year. What is that? How many years is that, Kyle? Do you know? Is that five? I feel I'll like say five. five. That's why it's called the rule yeah. five. Oh. Um, so, you know, this this guy, Garrett Whitlock, was in the Yankee system for at least five years, um, wasn't on the 40-man roster, which means he was still considered a minor leaguer. And the Red Sox drafted him um, from the Yankees and, and put him on their roster. And, again, as long as he stays there for the entire year, he becomes a permanent Red Sox, Red Sox player. Um if for some reason he doesn't stay in the major league roster, he'll revert back to the Yankees next year. But um, he looks he looks on fire every time the Red Sox put him in. It's kind of you know you roll your eyes and go, "Holy cow!" Like we're not going to get a hit. Um, I mean, all uh, of these all of these things are so hard to evaluate in the moment. I, I was just somebody posted Gill who made his 
Major League debut last Keel. night. Keel. Keel. Louis, Louis yeah. Keel. Made his debut last night for the Yankees. Pitched Louis really Keel. well. Has incredible stuff. Was another one of those steals from Brian Cashman. And the comments when we, the people that we traded away and the people on Twitter two years ago who were like, Brian Cashman does it again. He trades away all these players who are ready to come up, blah, 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 and everything. None of those players are doing anything right now. And this dude comes up, lights it on fire last night. Might, might be, you know, the, what we thought Garcia was going to be, you know, for this season, you know, an arm that can really help us extend the, the season. And it's like, these people in the front office know what they're doing, especially a Brian Cashman knows what he's doing. And I'm not saying the Cubs don't know what they're doing and that they got fleeced or that the Yankees fleeced uh, or got, they got fleeced, whatever the situation is. But in the moment, it's really hard to evaluate. What we do know, though, is that Anthony Rizzo, who also has hit a home run tonight already yep. for the Yankees, mm-hmm. is a really good player. The Cubs are paying his $6 million in salary, so the Yankees didn't have to go over the luxury tax. Gallo's salary is getting paid by Texas, too, I believe. Right, right. But if we're just talking about the Cubs, the Yankees won that trade for right now, okay? Maybe in five years, it'll be a different story if Rizzo doesn't re-sign with the Yankees and goes off, plays well, and those other players end up contributing to the Cubs and everything. But there's no way you can tell me right now that the Cubs fleece the Yankees because they got a, a mid tier prospect that might turn out to be good. Like yeah. it's, it just doesn't make sense. To I'm going to lay it out in really plain terms. The Yankees, at least the Yankee side of this, we didn't give up any of our very, very top prospects. Mm-hmm. And the two big players we got, Anthony Rizzo and Joey, Ga- Joey Gallo, both lefty hitters of which we have very few who are any good. So all of a sudden we have two good lefty hitters and also Gallo and Rizzo respectively, now have literally the second and third highest OPS on the team. Only Aaron Judge is ahead of them. So literally, we just got two guys who are all of a sudden our second and third best hitters, and we didn't give up any any big prospects. Catchman Great defensively. A genius. And Rizzo, oh yeah, both of them actually. Yeah, both of them are really good defensively. We got big power lefty bats, which also should play well in Yankee Stadium, which has the famous short porch in right field. So yeah, Cashman is fucking so good. Yankee fans... We bitch about this a lot for our listeners. Um, a lot of like your typical kind of casual Yankee fans are fucking morons, um, and it's really annoying. And they're the type of people who criticize all these things and talk about how cash sucks and Boone sucks and blah 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 blah. And they're all a bunch of idiots. So, Those three I will say though, fans. I think Gallo only has one hit since he's joined the Yankees. Yeah, since, it's, uh, been a, it's been a few games. He hasn't he hasn't hit well so far. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, he made an error tonight. A little scary, but, you know, right. uh, I mean, it's I'll, I'll still take him. It's early. It's sample size. It's, it's like early. seven games. And, 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 you know, they're they're not they're not just golden boils all the time. I mean, some someone should lose their job in that front office over what happened to Davey Garcia because suddenly he's got a change delivery and he's got a seven-plus ERA in AAA. Um, oh, that, I didn't that, know about this. I didn't hear about this. Yeah, like, okay. like he has no more, no more, no more break in his curveball. Um, I mean, he, he something happened. Someone in the Yankee system screwed him up. Interesting. Um, well, well, here, here's the problem, Matt. I'm not just singling out the Yankees here, or even what you had just said, but people want to act like everything is in a vacuum and is really easy to understand and to break down and to evaluate and to develop and blah, blah, blah. And the Yankees are a huge fucking organization 
just like Scott's is. All right. And there's just not going to be cohesion at every single level and every single position at all times. Like, yes, do we, we want to fix things like somebody fucked Debbie up. So do we want to fix that? Of course. But like to, that's what drives me crazy about Yankee fans the most is when they're always calling for somebody's job. The minute somebody has some type of breakdown or has a bad game, people didn't even want JMO in the rotation. And he won pitcher of the month in July. You know, when, when it was June, they were like, dude, get this guy out of New York and everything. And so yeah. if the, if the fans are running the, the team, I mean, they're worse than, than George Steinbrenner was in his heyday, but like it, there's just so many moving pieces to a sports team just like huge organizations in the corporate world. And like, it's just hard to find that harmony at all levels, all positions and everything. Like, Yeah. But, but you can't, you can't give cash all these heaps of praise and then excuse him for the fact that it doesn't matter. He's, he's still the head of the organization there. I mean, he's still got to make sure he's, he's on top of this. Yeah. Um, but he, so he doesn't, he doesn't coach the, the coach that developed I'm not, I'm not saying he's a coach, but I'm saying he manages the organization. So, you know, he's he, an amazing executive. I bet you if he resigned, every other fucking team in Major League oh, Baseball yeah. would be tripping over themselves. To get oh, yeah. Him. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm still, I mean, we've said it a number of times before in cash we trust, but um, I'm just saying it, it feels like um, you guys are ready to heap praise on him when something good happens and ready to uh, deflect as much as possible when, when something, um, when something negative happens within I'm, within the organization, I get that. But I'm just here's what here's what annoys me, and we talked about this a little bit. I think a couple episodes ago, people are always like they're calling for the jobs of the coaches and the staff and the executives or whatever when players suck, and it's like sometimes players are just going to underperform and suck. Look at Glaber, okay. Um, I, I, when he came up tonight, I had the game on earlier. Currently, his OPS is like 646, and he has six home runs, okay? Was it 2019 where he hit 38 homers? Yeah. And I don't know what his OPS was, but I'm sure it was like 900 or close to it, okay? He's been fucking garbage this year. That is, that's not Cashman's fault, and I don't know that I would say that that's like, a lot of people would then go to like the scapegoat as, a scapegoat as being like the hitting coach, Marcus Timms. Um, but Marcus Timms is like widely respected throughout the industry from everything I've read. Um, I don't know if you can really, and I think, wasn't he the hitting coach in 2019? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it still him? Yeah. So I don't yeah. know how you blame him. Like, I think people have trouble accepting the fact that like these athletes, yes, they are the top like 0.01% in the world of what they do. And that's amazing. But at the end of the day, they're fucking humans like the rest of us. Like, right. like, are we are like us, just us and our listeners, are we perfect all the time? Do we, do we perform our jobs and, and do we live our life? Um, at a super, super high level every single day, every single week. No, we don't. We have off weeks. We have off days where maybe we're just not that focused. We're in a bad mood, whatever. They're fucking humans. And like sometimes they're going to suck. And that's not the, the coach's fault necessarily. I, obviously, the coach sometimes is at fault. But I'm just saying people go to that as like their first thing all the time. And I think that's wrong. Right. And the same thing can happen with Glaber. The same thing can happen with Garcia. They could bounce back and have yeah. incredible careers. And maybe it's just a, a bad year. Glaber had COVID again, you know, second time, you know, Glaber's had COVID twice. I mean, we just talked last episode about the mental health with Simone Biles and everything. It just came out today that she unexpectedly lost her grandmother during the Olympics. That was part of why she pulled out and everything. And that, I mean, that's Ethan's point. Like we don't know what's going on with. Yeah. But, 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 so Ethan, how many homers did you guys say he had? He had 38. 
Okay, so so if you're a chef at a fancy restaurant and you're getting paid lots of money and you're hitting 38 home run dishes every night, you're getting the best, like you every dish you put out there is great. It's and not the next comparison. year, like six or eight are good, and suddenly you're not suddenly you're not making good meals anymore. And suddenly like your dishes suck and you're not performing and it, nothing tastes good. That's you're fired. Life. You're fired. That's life and death, though. You could kill somebody. Nobody's gonna die that because Glaver Torres but, hit but, six but, home runs but, this year. But but the thing is, if if you don't perform to a certain level of expectations in every other job out there, you you're fired. Yeah, I think we have to accept that sports are just more variable. Than yeah, there's not as many replacements. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, I do get yeah. what you're saying, actually, because I I mean, obviously the the comparison I would make would be in music. Um, and like, yeah, if you are, if you are a top level musician per, uh, performing in whatever genre, whatever context, this isn't, I'm not thinking just from a classical, you know, symphony orchestra perspective, um, any music you're talking about, you, you are expected to, you know, perform really, every night. Really airline pilots. I don't want, night. I don't want an airline pilot to suddenly, you know, <laughs> suddenly not perform anymore. Again, right. life and death though. Yeah, but, but, I, but and I just think I think we have to accept that sports are just different, and there's just more variation with that. But but life and death count. But who are we paying more? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Who yeah. who are we paying way way more? But pilots like have pilots specifically have the help of those robots. They have the uh, yeah all do. that. There is all the pilot. Yeah, I get it. There's they a great are. joke, and uh, I know I mentioned Thirty Rock earlier, and I know Thirty Rock is kind of like a very unique show, and so it's not for to everybody's taste. But there's an amazing joke in Thirty Rock. Matt Damon um, it does a cameo on that show for quite a few episodes, and he's a pilot. And there's this one episode where they're like talking, and he's like, you know, being a pilot's really hard. You have to hit the button for for taking off, and then you have to hit the button for landing. You know, and like that that was essentially the joke. It was like you literally just hit the button for autopilot that like that takes off and lands. And I'm sure we're oversimplifying it. I have students who have. I literally actually I have, I literally have two 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 students who have parents as pilots, which I feel like isn't that common of a job, but. I'm not downplaying the skill of being a pilot at all. Hey, remember you got you got Papa Root here who was a navigator. You mean you know how to navigate by the stars on a plane? So that that right. is pretty cool. Yeah, oh. yeah. Ethan, but, you better not get on a plane anytime. Soon. <laughs> no, no, and, and, and I know, I know, I'm making a, a way too simplified, you know, uh, analogy there. That, that I understand. There are way, you know, there, I it doesn't I it, it doesn't boil down, but but that's where. I understand people are going to have down years, but um, there still has to be a, an expectation for some level of competency or some level of performance. But I think that accountability does come into play. It just plays out longer, usually in sports. I mean, we saw it with Gary Sanchez this year. And if Gleyber Torres is playing like this next year, I mean, there's going to be serious discussion. Yeah, about he's not going to. Gary has like 38 RBI guys. RBI is bullshit. We don't care about RBIs. Saying like. What the fuck, guys? The, the, like, the, the consequence is that Gary or Gary or Glaber is is going to get a garbage contract if they play like this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they're just yeah. not. So it will paid. hurt them, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I mean, it, it it comes around. But anyway, let's let's cap off this episode. Yeah, yeah. let's let's finish let's finish with the the deadline. All the other teams, well, as Ethan do mentioned. We need, do we need to do our ad though? Yeah, I'll I'll get it in. Don't worry. Oh, okay. All right. oh yeah. well, yeah. So so I mean, you definitely look at the Dodgers. Look at the Dodgers and holy shit! Like, 
screw you, Dodgers. Like, <laughs> screw you, Dodgers. Um, adding Scherzer, adding Turner. Them. Um, Andrew Friedman just fucking goes for it, yeah. dude. And it's pretty cool. I can't um, wait for 2023 when they start slashing salary and everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? I thought that I thought the Dodgers were the new Yankees, blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't wait for that. That would day. be funny. That would be funny. Yeah, oh, it's, I wonder definitely if coming. it's definitely no, no, coming. It's who, who else? Who else made big moves? Like the, the White Sox had a Kimbrel like that. Yeah. The White that Sox could be Kimbrel. a very, I mean, very quiet. Reliever. But I mean, because I mean, they, the White Sox have. They got Hendricks and Kimbrel now. So yeah, get yeah. Them, it's and a seven got, inning game got, for them now. They've got two of the top, what, five or six Cy Young. I think Hendricks is already like the number one or number two favorite for the Cy Young this year. And then you've got a couple guys in the Wait, rotation. Really? He's a closer. Yeah, he was up there. When you look at uh, ESPN Cy Young odds, award odds, like oh, wow. Hendricks okay. was like one or two or three. Um, so anyway, you, you just took – which, you know, the Yankees have only seen him for a couple games this year. So my exposure to them is you know, we, we, we fared fairly well against the, the White Sox. But, I mean, that, that pitching staff just got a lot scarier. Um, if I had to pick know, one team from the AL – it's it's the White Sox. Their yeah. offense is at least comparable to the Astros, who probably have the best offense in the AL. But that pitching staff, especially that bullpen for Chicago, right now today, that's who I would pick to come out of the AL. Did did the Astros add anyone? Uh, a couple relievers. Uh, they they took that guy from Seattle, and everybody was <laughs> losing their shit about Depoto trading them because they had just won a big game, and they were still in the wild card. And they were like, "What are you telling our team? You're trading away our, one of our best believers <laughs> to a division rival of all people." But mm-hmm. I think the I think the Mariners ended up picking up someone too to kind of shore the tide. But I, I don't know that. It's that's gonna that's work. like some some of the some of the trade deadline talking Cleveland was like. You know your team is giving up when you trade someone to the you know the team ahead of you in the standings. So they they traded Cesar Hernandez to the White Sox, which yeah. um, I mean the, the the Indians are they're, they're a 500 team right now. They just lost Tito, which is is a shame. As much as I uh, I you know really hated seeing him as a, a Red Sox manager, having having lived in Cleveland for some of the Tito years. Oh, he's such a good community guy. He's such a good manager. And I, I don't think he's actually had a losing season since he's gone to Cleveland, which is yeah, I don't think so insane considering they've been in the bottom three of the salary for the for the league for the past five years. So wait, really? Bottom yeah. three? They're the they're the lowest by like seven million this year, Ethan. The oh, the shit. Pirates are outspending outspending the Indians by seven million this year. And twenty percent of the Indian salary is tied up with Jose Ramirez. Oh so my god. They, they've got They've got nine million to Jose Ramirez, and they've got four more veteran contracts, and then everyone else is an arbitration or league minimum. Holy it's shit. nuts! Like I can't believe it. Oh, and they've got Oliver Perez sitting in AAA right now with a one million dollar contract, which that guy is thirty nine and just never goes away. He, he was really good for two years with the Pirates. I don't remember when. But he's he a good reliever. Good he's he's, yeah. he's that crafty he a, lefty everyone starter. likes to talk he was to a about. That was yeah. really good for two years. But yeah, yeah, they're they're seven million below the pirates, and they That's were in contention. Um, and uh, yeah, as much as people in scream or in Cleveland scream about how much they spend, you, you got to say that Tito's done a really good job making the most of what they had. Actually, it was only one really good year that Oliver Perez had. Sorry, I misremembered. Anyway, and, sorry, and, continue, Matt. And there's actually a, speaking to Cleveland for all my Cleveland friends out there. There's, I mean, I've already talked with one 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 guy about the Deadspin article out there about. The name, the name change, but they're, they they took some pretty low blows uh, at the yep. Indians. 
don't read. We shouldn't be reading Deadspin anymore. Deadspin is garbage. Deadspin. All of the all of the writers left Deadspin after the the person who bought the website told them to stick to sports and that they yeah, couldn't write about. That's it. That's right. Okay. So good point. Fuck, so fuck current Deadspin. But okay. Uh, but but the article that the article made a point about like how they can't you know they squeeze nickels together to try and put together the team since you know they're cheap 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 cheap. Yeah, but, that is insane to me. Yeah. What is this major league like? Like early nineties again. Is like a smaller city compared to like New York or LA, but it still it always seems weird to me that these when these teams are like that. Like I feel like they don't have. This is players. what we were talking about last time. It's fucking no. bullshit that all these teams cry poor and they don't fucking spend any money. That well, they and, make in revenue toward, and, toward and what's, payroll. What's even more insane? You got to remember, right after the Browns left town, they sold out four hundred plus straight home games. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Jacobs Jacobs Field. That was rocking. Yeah sellouts uh and i mean again think of the the mid to late 90s indians and the fact that yeah they were awesome holy shit those that was probably some of the best baseball teams ever um, we'll get in that in another episode yeah, um yeah that would if, be fun. if i say the name of the 1998 um excuse me 1997 cleveland indians closer i'll probably <laughs> get people driving to my house to punch me in the face so um i'll avoid that for right now i'm sorry everyone in cleveland for even bringing that up i was rooting for you but um that's funny yeah, like holy crap, it's 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 tough. I mean, as much as I love being able to go and get a, a ticket on the day of the game for like fifteen bucks in the bleachers when I lived in Cleveland, it's it's hard to swallow that. What kind of? I mean, I'm glad they're I'm glad they're competitive, but man, what kind of product they're putting on the field? But anyway, yeah. You know, you, what's reminding me of Cleveland now that we're talking about their miseries? Ninety five, ninety seven, and twenty sixteen. Those are the World Series appearances. During our lifetime, and the only ones I think since what 1948 they or whatever. They were in the World yep. Series in 2016. Yeah, yeah, against the Cubs. I don't remember that. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Chappie Raj Ray Davis game tying home run late in the innings off and of Chappie. They had the rain delay. Okay. Yeah, right, the rain continue. delay killed him. Yeah. Well, anyway, what I was going to say is, I'm pretty sure all those series went seven games, right? Yeah. So they lost like true heartbreaking series. Oh, that is rough. <laughs> Poor Cleveland. I don't know. 95 might have only went six. But 97 and 2016 definitely went seven. Jim Leland in the 1997 Florida Marlins. Oof. Right. Oof. Crazy. Uh, All right, Kyle, what so, do we got to hit before we wait, other, 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 other trade deadline acquisitions. Uh, Chris Bryant to the Giants just makes the Giants even scarier. Um, coming out of nowhere to be a powerhouse. In the, and with, with the Padres and the Dodgers in your division, and, and they're still hanging on into August, like, holy shit. If Tatis um, can get healthy, I mean, that's going to be an yeah. awesome race. I mean, I know oh, all three of those teams could end up making the playoffs. The the playoffs. Uh, one, two of those teams are going to end up in a playoffs. Wild, wild card wild game. But um, playoffs. that'll be that'll be a fun if Tatis can get healthy again. But I, I don't know how serious that injury is. And yeah, I kind of saw the for baseball that shoulder, injury. right? Yeah. Dislocated shoulder. He's yeah. like the most exciting player in baseball. Um, but really quickly, before you continue, the 1997 Indians were only 86 and 75. Their roster was fucking stacked, and they won the pennant, but they were actually only 86 and 75 in the regular season, which I uh, did not know. Anyways, Tommy, sorry. Alomar, Alomar, Vizcaino, uh, Williams. Yeah, uh, Matt Williams, Lofton, David Justice, Manny Lofton, Ramirez. Lofton, Justice, Manny Ramirez. Lofton wasn't on the Greg name. Nagy, yeah, no Lofton. Oral, no Oral Hershey. Sorry, no Lofton. Marquise Grissom. Like... Yeah, Charles Nagy, Oral Hershiser, Bartolo Colon, although Colon was young and not good that year. Uh, that was Jared Wright's breakout year, right? Yep, um, yep. He was, he came in, he was 21, he was in the league, but he wasn't that good. He was okay. Oh, man. 
So 98 was his breakout year, but we crushed him in the playoffs in 98. It must have been 98. 98 was back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, right? No, that was 97. Okay, went... all right. I'm looking at his stats. He wasn't that good ever, so I don't really understand. He was pretty good in 2004 with the Braves. I don't understand why people thought he was that great when he was younger. He didn't. I think really he just that... threw hard. Okay. He didn't strike that many people out. Like, he wasn't – I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. And any other trade deadline moves we're missing? Yeah, what else we got to hit? I feel like maybe there's something big that we're but, I mean, the, I the Dodgers signed Cole Hamels today, which is – Well, I mean, yeah, there's that. The Dodgers got – I mean, the Dodgers got Scherzer and Trey Turner. We didn't We didn't say it explicitly, but they got the – I did. The, I did. Oh, you did? I, you yeah, mentioned yeah. the Dodgers. I didn't know you mentioned those yeah. two guys. Screw the best them. pitcher the best pitcher and the best position player that moved at the deadline both went to the Dodgers. Can we, can we also talk about the Dodgers, though, when we're talking about people who are having shitty years? Uh, look at Cody Bellinger's stats. Right Negative war. Look it up. Negative war. Wait, really? <laughs> the reigning <laughs> MVP fuck. from the last full season in Major League Baseball in the National League. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. And so you want to tell me that Glaber's having a bad year and Gary's having hurt? a bad year? Is he hurt? He, he was, only he played forty nine games. Okay. Yeah, but but Colin, they've got they've got an all star now at like his eight OPS of nine is five forty six. Oh my god. I'm just saying it happens with other teams. This is not an exclusive thing to the Oh, Yankees. of course. Yeah, 100%. That's insane. I had no idea. He's been absolutely horrible. I wonder if there's like an injury that we haven't heard about, you know, that's uh, that's part of that. But holy shit. I don't think he had a good year last year either. I don't know if he played the full 60-game season, but. And he's only 25. Huh. And I'm sure he's got time to turn it around. But Oh, yeah. And Glaber does too. And Gary does too. Yeah, but along the same lines, like, have we heard anything from Christian Yelich this year? Yeah, he's no. been terrible, too. Yeah. yeah, that's another one. Yeah. I looked that up the other day. Yeah, they, they need to spend more time actually playing baseball and less time shooting commercials for the MLB Network. Something. <laughs> what wow, are they, that, that, fired. That, that, horse, that horse commercial where they're playing home run derby horse, like, okay, whatever. <laughs> go, go back to batting practice. <laughs> <laughs> all right i think that's good let's that's let's good. end on that that's okay. a high note all let's right. say say goodbye to the podcast bye podcast. all right adios everyone mellow's a laker <laughs> yeah.